Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for, for all of your many blessings. Thank you, God, for being so good to us. Um, God, we thank you that you would be in our service, that you would bless us with your presence. Uh, please, Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sins. Wash us with your forgiveness right now. Um, and God, speak to our hearts. We need to hear from you. Um, I humble myself before you, God. You are my king, um, my Lord, my Savior, the one who I look to for everything. Uh, as David once said, as a deer pants after the water, uh, so my soul pants after you. Uh, I need you in every way. Uh, thank you. I, I feel your presence right now. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's my niece. She's a future evangelist. This is known, 1 Corinthians 12 is known as the, it is known as the, uh, the chapter of spiritual gifts. Okay, and so Paul is talking to the, the Corinthians, and what's going on is they have these different spiritual gifts, but there's, there's trouble in, in, in merging them. Um, there's even some jealousy as to, uh, you know, some gifts being elevated above others. And so there's a, a lot of tension between the fact that they have differences, Okay, And so Paul is teaching them and, and talking to them about how to merge those differences because they were made to be different for a reason. Okay, They were made to be different for a reason. And so Paul is, is, is telling them, it's, it's like a body. He compares it to a body. And he was saying that you are the body of Christ. And so in telling them that they are the body of Christ, he's telling them it's okay that you're different. You were still meant to come together. Um, and so this, this, is, this verse is talking about spiritual gifts and the merging in the body of those spiritual gifts. And, 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 and that's something I thank God that we do uh, quite well here. Uh, as John alluded to earlier, we have so many different people doing so many different things. Uh, we have Chris and, 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 and we need not, I think there's a, there's a, I guess, a, a tendency within the body of Christ to elevate some gifts above the others, um, more or less, more than anything, uh, preachers, teachers, and, and singers, just because we're up here, uh, while we don't really pay much attention to or respect the other gifts, what Paul is letting us know, they are all of equal importance. They are all of equal importance. It's just different parts to, the, to, to one body. If, if, if right now... Uh, and I pray they don't. Daniel and Chris were to quit doing their jobs, you wouldn't be able to hear me. If if right now the people in the back, uh, Tracy, um, leading that back there, if if she were to quit doing her jobs, you would hear the baby screaming from here. Um, thank God for that. Um, the, the 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 food ministry, uh, which the the, the Vettersley Whitney does such a good job with that. Uh, that was the first thing that made an impression on me when I came in the door. Uh, was it a little over two years ago? Me and Tessa came in, and uh, gosh, they had French toast sticks that day. I never forget. And I, I said, "Bless the Lord, Tessa. I think we found a church home." Because, because who but the Spirit would 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 make sure that we have French toast sticks? You know, French toast sticks, dude. Uh, it, it was it was it was a blessing, and. Um, 
And so we just, we just, we have so many different people that do so many different things. Um, you know, the different teams that come here at seven o'clock in the morning, uh, just to make sure that the chairs are nice and lined up and straight. <laughs> and, and we just, we thank God for you all because it is just, it's the body coming together. Okay. Using all these gifts for the glory of God. And so Paul is talking to them about spiritual gifts, but an underlying theme with the whole idea of spiritual gifts coming together, there's an underlying theme even bigger than the gifts is the thought of unity. The thought of unity. Okay? And, 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 and he's, that's why he compares it to the body. He said, just come together. Just come together. It's, it's, it's okay that you're different. It's okay that you do different things. Uh, don't hate on each other. Appreciate each other. Use each other. Come together for God's glory. And, 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 and appreciate your differences, okay? And so he's talking because the underlying theme is unity. This same passage, which they're talking about spiritual, spiritual gifts, because that was the problem, merging those spiritual gifts. Well, today the problem is a lack of unity because of a racial divide. And so we're using the same passage with an, with an underlying theme of unity to address the problem of the racial divide. And it's something that we really don't want to talk about. A lot of people don't want to talk about, don't want to hear that in 2016 uh, with, with, with a black president, regardless of whether he's doing a good job or not, um, that we, we still have a problem with racial divide in the church. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's ridiculous that we have this problem. It really is. And... You know, and, 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 and John alluded to some statistics earlier, and I want to throw another one at you, that 10% of the churches in our great nation, and we have a lot of them, thousands and thousands of churches all over this nation, 10%, one out of every 10 is multicultural. One out of every 10, which means that 90% of God's people won't do church together. And, and, and it's sad because we're God's people. We're God's people. We should be showing the world what unity looks like. And instead, the world is showing us. You can go downtown Columbia um, on a Friday and Saturday night and see black and white people, you know, uh, clubbing together. I was riding through downtown uh, one day and I saw a black guy and a white guy homeless and they were sharing food. I mean, it's, it's crazy that a homeless black guy and a white guy can share food, but we can't share Jesus. And it's, it's really crazy. It's, it's really crazy. And so we need to do a better job of, and you, and you sitting there may be thinking, well, pastor, I, I, I didn't do anything. You know, I didn't do anything. I don't hate uh, black people or I don't hate white people. I don't hate Hispanics or or whatever. Um, But that's the problem. We didn't do anything. It's it's, it's the inactivity that's sin. When when you look at the guy in the parable of the talents, the guy came to the guy, he, he, he was given a talent. And instead of doing what he was supposed to do with it, which was exchange, he took the talent and he buried. He didn't do anything. And he came to the master and the master was upset with him. 
and, and, and the master called him an evil servant. And he said, what? I didn't. He said, what? I didn't do anything. And he said, exactly. You didn't do anything. Uh, and, and so we have to combat and do all we can to fight this problem. Okay? Uh, we, we have to do all we can to fight it. Um, and we have to know that God isn't pleased with us just ignoring each other. I mean, how long are we going to do church separate? How long is, is black going to be in their corner and, and white people go to their corner and Hispanics and, 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 and so on and so forth? How, how long are we going to do this separately? It's, it's really ridiculous and it's worth talking about. As uncomfortable as it may be, uh, it's worth talking about. Um, in Luke, the 11th chapter, the, uh, the Bible says that the disciples saw in Luke 11 and 1, it says that Jesus was praying. And when he came to an end to praying, they said to Jesus, Master, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray like this. He said, Our Father. Our Father. It's the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. And he says, Our Father. Such a, a beautiful prayer. I wish I could... I could walk you all the way through it, but that's not what we're talking about today. But he says, our father, our father. And, and the thing about that with him saying our father, before you can even recognize God as father, you have to recognize that he's ours. You have to recognize that he's ours. He's, he doesn't say when you pray, say my father, my father who art in heaven. And, and it says our father, look at the... Look at the attention and the recognition of each other, even within the Lord's Prayer. Look at the attitude, the recognition of each other, where it says, Our Father who art in heaven. Um, it goes on to say, Give us this day. How, how many of you pray like this? Give us, not me, my, I, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You don't hear my or I one time. So why do we say it so much? And it's just a reflection of the fact that we don't consider each other. He goes on to say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. And, and, and it's, it's the whole thought that we, we have to consider each other. We have to consider each other. Um, our father. Our father. My father uh, is, is, is sitting here. Um, I remember growing up, he, he always used to pay such, he would always put such extremely huge emphasis on us being together and us being on the same page. The worst whooping I got, I got a lot of different whoopings. I got a lot of different whoopings for a lot of different reasons. But the worst one, I'm, I mean, like whelps the next day, if, if uh, and I kid you not, I remember sitting in class like this, you know, and people thought I was trying to be cool. And it's like, nah, I got, I can't sit on my butt. So I got to, so I got to do that. And, and, and I would get those kinds of whippings because uh, we weren't fighting. That was, that was the biggest thing, fighting. We couldn't name call. We couldn't, you idiot, and this man, we couldn't do that. But if we fought, oh, he would lose it. He would lose it. And he would always tell me, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to always be here. And he said, one day when I'm gone, I want to know that you guys are taking care of each other. 
And as a father, a good father, I might add, he cared about more than anything about us being together. Nothing gave him more pleasure and still gives him more pleasure to this day than us coming together. He would rather eat McDonald's with all of us than eat Chili's with one of us. How extreme is that? How strongly, Rodney, does he feel about that? It's, but it just, it gave him such, it always gives him such pride. And, and, and the family knows that when we all get together and it's me and my big brother, and my little brother, and my sister, and we're all together and our, and our spouses and everything, um, certain jokes he'll tell that he won't tell before at other times, just because he just beams with pride when he sees all of us come together. And when we all come together, that's why I said McDonald's, because when we all come together, the food doesn't have to be so good because we're all together. And that's way more important than that. Now, this, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that and highlighting that because these are the sentiments of a good father. And so the Bible says our father, God is our father. And so in regards to doing service, worshiping together, don't you think God doesn't care so much about how good this, that, or, you know, uh, how good the worship is or how good this is or how good that is, that he would just be happy just to see us all come together? Just to see all of his kids in one roof, under one roof, sitting at one table, worshiping him, that that would bring him happiness? Certainly, if you can understand a father wanting to see all of his kids united, certainly you, you would know why our heavenly father wants us to do the same thing. And he, 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 there is a passion that burns within our God for us to come together. He wants us to come together. And there is a reoccurring theme in scripture where he, he lets us know that if you don't acknowledge each other, then, then, then you might as well not even acknowledge me. Okay? He says in one point, it says, if you say that you love me, but you don't love your brother. He said, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. He says, if you refuse to give your brother forgiveness, but you want forgiveness from me, he said, I'm not going to do it. And so what we have to realize as God's people is that we have a relationship with God that does not just go up, but it goes out. Does this look familiar? Does this look familiar? Like the cross that our Jesus died on. We have a relationship. Thank you, Jesus. We have a relationship with God that just not, does not just go up, but it goes out. And yeah, you say you love the Lord and, 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 and your relationship with God may go up, but does it go out? Does it go out? Isaiah 6, uh, one of my favorite passages of scripture is a shout out to Gina, uh, wherever she is. Uh, Isaiah 6, one of my favorite passages of scripture. Uh, Isaiah lost a, a, uh, a friend of his, King Uzziah, and King Uzziah died and the Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6, it says, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up, 
And the Bible says his train filled the temple, his presence filled the temple. And it said, Isaiah said he saw in the temple, he saw six winged seraphims. They had six wings. And it says with two, they covered their faces. And with two more, they covered their feet. And with two more, they flew. And as they did this, in, in, as they did this, uh, they, they said one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. The whole earth is full of his glory. And they, they said that over and over. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And so you have to see that they didn't just say this. They weren't saying it to God, even though his presence was there. Now, this, is a, a, this passage highlights and gives us a picture of true worship. Okay? This, this gives us a picture of true worship. And so, but the Bible says in Isaiah 6, they said this one to another. One to another. Not to God. One to another. Why? Because true worship acknowledges each other. And we can't claim to worship God this way and not have anything going this way. That is why uh, John stood up here for five minutes and talked about how we need to, that we're trying to make the steps as a church to, to, to do better than what we're doing. And, 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 and we're not doing, you know, we're not doing terrible, but we just want, we want to do better. Why? Because this, this pleases God. This pleases God. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 12 that we read earlier, it says that we are the body of Christ. And so you have to know that a body is the assembly of unlike parts. A, a, a human body is the assembly of unlike parts. And if you look at the body, just even in the natural, you'll be hard pressed to find more than two of anything. Okay? Because it is the, it is the assembly of unlike parts. And for, but for some reason, we are seeking not to be a body, but it's, 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 it's crazy, uh, you know, when the church being the body of Christ should be the assembly of unlike people, of unlike people. Just like my body is the assembly of parts that have nothing to do with each other, that have nothing in common. The church should be the assembly of people who have nothing in common. Nothing in common. And if you look in my body, you will see that in the body, that the only thing, really one of the only things that, that all the parts have in common is that you have the same blood running through them. The same blood, that the, the same blood that supplies my hands and my fingers, brings nutrients to my arms. That same blood continues to flow uh, through my torso and into my legs and feet, supplying the whole body. All these different parts that the blood in the natural is supplying the whole body. And, 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 and there again, when you look at the body of Christ, we have all these unlike parts, or as it should be, these unlike parts, and they don't have much in common. But what they do have is the blood of Christ that flows through us all. The blood of Christ that flows through us all. And it's, it's crazy because I, I really believe we, we teach relationship wrong. We think about relationship the wrong way. Um, you know, we, we, we learn at a very early age that to, to, to go towards people and to hang out with people who have what you have. 
And, that, and, and that's really re- doing relationship the wrong way. You see middle school kids in the cafeteria, and they have, you know, you walk into a middle school cafeteria, and you see uh, all, uh, you see like black kids sitting together, and you see some white kids sitting together. Um, this is how it was at Lexington Middle School. And you see the football players sitting together and the basketball players sitting together, and you see some people uh, sitting together in another corner, and they had on all black. And, and I have never been able to reconcile that in my mind. I like God, why do they have on black all, every day? I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I always kept an eye on them. And so, <laughs> but even at an early age, James, I still don't know why they had on all black. So if anybody knows, give with me after church. I would still love to know. Um, but even at an early age, you see kids gravitating towards people who are like them. I want to be with somebody who's like me. I want to be with somebody who's like me. And so early on, it's, it's, it's almost like segregation doesn't even have to be taught. That it's just a natural sin. We just naturally gravitate towards our corners and separate from each other. That the body, even the body of Christ, just naturally separates. Nobody, the, the, there was no law that said that uh, we had to do black churches. No law that said that churches had to be white. No law. We just naturally, just without even being told, we just went to our corners. Like middle school kids in the cafeteria. But like middle school kids, it's a sign of immaturity. It is a sign of immaturity. I, my, uh, and, and, and the thing of it is that relationships, it's, it's crazy. You even look online. I remember I used to, uh, this is before I met Tessa. So uh, I just want to clarify that real quick. Uh, before I met Tessa, I used to go online. Uh, I think it's like match.com. I think was it. I was, I was going to do it until they said I had to pay some money. So I was like, well, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. So, um, <laughs> but they, they kind of wheeled me in before they asked for my money. So they asked me some questions. And so it's warning me. It's, they they want to know and check the boxes of uh, things that I like so they can match me up with somebody who's just like me. Okay. And so it's, it's, it's relationship the wrong way. Relationships the wrong way, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships relationships done the wrong way is looking and seeking out people who are just like you to match up with them. Because what you end up doing is competing with each other. And we were made to complete each other, not compete with each other. My wife, who I I, I love very dearly, she, uh, we have one great thing in common. That's what we both love the Lord that was I, when I met her. I remember the day I met her, August twenty seventh, August twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. It was about seven p.m., and two minutes into the conversation, I asked her, "What do you look for in a guy?" Two minutes in, uh, just go ahead and get it out of the way. <laughs> two, <laughs> two minutes in, uh, I asked. I said, "What do you look for in a guy?" And she said, "He's got to love Jesus." And I knew then. I'd never heard that before. I knew right then we'll get married. I, I kid you not. Uh, the bad thing is I told her that that day, which was, I don't, I don't recommend you do that. Um, she thought I was scary, James. I don't know why. It's like, I just know. It's like, what's wrong with me knowing? You know what I mean? Um, I, in hindsight, I shouldn't have told her. Maybe every two weeks down the road, I said, you know, hey, we're going to get married. Um, but but we, we, we both love the Lord, but she, other than that, is more unlike me than anybody I've met. 
And I, I kid you not. More unlike me than anybody I've ever met in my whole life. But she, she, just, she has more things that I don't have. Which is why our relationship is so amazing. Because if I don't have it, I know she's got it. If I don't have it, except for fixing stuff around the house. If I don't have it, I know she's got it. We have, I, I have more things that she doesn't have. And, and that's how relationship is supposed to be. Because God meant for relationship, fruitful relationship, to be an exchange. An exchange, like cross-pollinization. He even made plants to need each other. Look at the process of cross-pollinization. Plants even need each other. And so, in, in much in that same way, he made for us to be fruitful. He set it up for us to be fruitful through a type of cross-pollinization. Where I have what you need and you have what I need. And so, we that have differences need to get together. We need to get together. Uh, it, uh, I remember in, in, in middle school, we used to trade cards. We'd get on the bus, trade cards. And trading cards is pretty simple. The whole thought behind it is that you have to have something I don't have. Because if you don't, what are we going to do? You know, I, I have a Michael Jordan card. If you have the same card, I mean, what are we going to do? If, you, if, you, if, if we just have the same stuff, there really can't be a fruitful exchange because you just have what I have. And, 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 and that's what we do. Uh, that's what we do within the body of Christ. It's just we don't get with people who, have, who don't have things that we have. And, 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 and it was fruitful relationships were meant to be an exchange. The Bible says that uh, it's crazy. Um, Ephesians 4. I, it, I thought about this the other day, even in preparing for this sermon. I thought about this the other day, how you know, people have uh, in their homes. If you have one of these in your home, uh, tear it down now and burn it. Um, the, 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 the pictures of Jesus, the pictures of Jesus, and there's nothing wrong with having a picture of Jesus, but uh, Jesus in white. Uh, yeah, Jesus in white. I hope you knew that already. He was a Jew, actually. He was a Jew, and he's white with the long hair. You know, I, he, just, he didn't look like that. Like the guys from Extreme, uh, he, he just, he didn't, have, he wasn't white with long hair. But then black people, you know, he wasn't black either. So if you have a picture of black Jesus, take it down. Uh, and, and, and burn it and burn it is my mic on is my mic on and burn it and burn it um, and burn it uh, I remember even there as, as, as they were trying to convince me I remember growing up they, were trying to, they would use revelations John you think this is hilarious they would use revelations with the part where it says that he has, uh, he has feet like bronze and uh, his eyes are like fire and his hair like wool. And I remember hearing that at seven years old. And that was used in defense of Jesus being black, right? So I remember you say, oh, Jesus had hair like wool. And so I remember thinking that. So because he has hair like wool, well, this, he has to be black because he has hair like wool. And I remember, like, just playing with my hair in the church. I was seven years old and, and thinking, it says like wool, not Velcro. Um, and I remember just playing my hair and, and, and I'm black, so I can say that. So you can, 
you can be offended or, or whatever. Um, I really don't care. Um, and, and, and it's so crazy and it's, and, and, and it's funny, but here's what's sad about it, that it is a ridiculous effort to kind of hedge Jesus over to like Jesus is hours over here. You know, he, he's hours right here and he doesn't, you know, you know, forget you all. He, Jesus is ours. And then the black people are trying to do the same thing, trying to have him over here. And, and he's none of our, he's all of ours. He's our father. He's our father. Ephesians 4 says that there is not, there's not a black God or a white God. Uh, Ephesians 4 says that there is but one Lord. There is one Lord, one faith and one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in all. And that is the God we serve, a God who loves us all and is dying for us all to come together. And, and it's, I wish you knew how ridiculous we looked to the devil when he sees our churches. When he looks at our churches and, and sees just, you know, you look at a church and it's just all black or look at another church and it's just all white, how incomplete that is. And he knows that unless we come together, we'll never beat them. We'll never beat them. Uh, it's, it's like I, I have Daniel. I talk Daniel quickly. Is he still here, Daniel? Daniel quickly? There he is. It's, it's like Daniel plays football for high school. And, and, and so he would know this. And if you watch football, it would be like a team of all quarterbacks. You know, it's, everybody can throw. Just, uh, just the whole team is quarterbacks. How ridiculous is that? How, 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 how laughable is that? How comical is that? Who are they going to beat? Who are they going to beat? A team with all Tom Brady's isn't going to beat a middle school team. <laughs> and it's just it's, as good as he is. He needs people. And Tom Brady, he's great. I love Tom Brady. He's great, but he still needs people who can, who can do things that he can't do. And as far and when you look at God's team, why are we practicing separately? Why do, we're all we're, we all have this we have the we have a common enemy, and why don't we all get together against that common enemy? It's so ridiculous. And Paul says in the seventeenth verse, in Corinthians twelve and seventeen, he says, "If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing?" And if the whole body were an ear, what would be the sense of smell? Now, now Paul is talking on an elementary level, and, and you can almost hear the sarcasm as he because in those days, in those days, Paul wasn't actually the one writing. He would have had a scribe who was writing, and so he's sitting here talking to the scribe and say, "Write this, write this, write this." And he's, and he's saying, "If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense?" And I can hear him laughing. I was like, you sure you want me to write that? He's like, yeah, I'll write that. That's how funny is that? But it's crazy that that's what we do. And, and we will never beat a unified devil with a separate church. Jesus said in another place, he said, a house divided cannot stand. Not might stand. It has a good a chance of standing. Like you're telling me this. I don't know. A house divided cannot stand. It cannot. And the crazy thing is we have a very unified devil. Uh, Jesus said, 
there was a place in scripture where uh, Jesus went to cast out a demon. He cast out the demon and in a credit to discredit him, in an effort to discredit him, they said, well, he cast out the devil by the power of Beelzebub, who is Satan. And so they were basically saying that he's casting out Satan by Satan's power, which is implying that Satan would go against himself. And so Jesus cleared that up. He said, he said Satan has a kingdom that, uh, that is not divided. Satan's kingdom is not divided. He said Satan wouldn't do that. Satan wouldn't cast out Satan because Satan has a kingdom that is not divided. And if you look at your Bible from Genesis to Revelations, you will never see a demon arguing with another demon. You'll never see, look, look through all these pages, all 66 books, you'll never see a witch arguing with another witch. Because Satan has a kingdom, his kingdom's not divided. If, if, there was a point when Jesus cast out the demons in another guy, and the guy had thousands of demons in him. And, the, and Jesus called out to the demons, and the demon said, the demon, one, one demon speaking for all of them, he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And the, and the term Legion is a military term. He's not just saying, he was saying two things. Number one, there, and a legion was a military term. It was a group of soldiers between two and 5,000. And so we know from that, that in this man, there were between two and 5,000 demons. But even deeper than that, even crazier than that, is he was saying, it's not just that there's two to 5,000 demons in this guy. We're all on the same page. He said, we are, uh, it, uh, legion is a military term. It means that we, we march to the beat of the same drum. We have the same mission and we are on the same page. And so we, we face a very unified opponent. And, and it's crazy that because our opponent is unified, we have to be. We have to be. The Bible says in the 18th verse, because it's, it's like, why, well, why would we do this? Why would we do this? Why would we get together? Why would we go through all this trouble? And, and there's a certain awkwardness that comes with it when we come together because you want to hear songs that are like what you play on the radio in your car or your pen door or whatever. And when we come together, it can't really be like that. It kind of has to be a mix where everybody, nobody's totally happy, you know, but everybody gets something. And so, but why would we do this? Because it's, it may not be that pleasing to us and it's a lot of trouble for us to go through. But here's why we do it. It says in the 18th verse, it said that God put the pieces together in one version. It says as it was pleasing to him. And so we know that as much trouble as it is to do this, that it pleases God. That it pleases God. And so if it pleases God that we do it and we're not doing it, who are we worshiping? Who's God? And who are we worshiping? Who are we really worshiping, singing songs that you like? And everything the church does is, 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 is catered to, to your style, to fit your needs and your desires. Who's God? And I don't mind being uncomfortable. Obviously, I'm in a church full of white people. I'm black. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind being uncomfortable. But, but, but here's what it says about, I don't mind being uncomfortable if God is pleased. I just don't. I don't. I don't mind. I'll be uncomfortable. As God is pleased, because I want to please Him. And as the body of Christ, let's please Him. I want to end on this. Uh, Ezekiel thirty-seven. 
Ezekiel 37. Uh, the Bible says that in Ezekiel 37, God is talking to Ezekiel and he is showing Ezekiel a picture of the church. He, he, he takes him to a valley of dry bones. Okay, And he says to Ezekiel that this valley of dry, separated bones that haven't come together, it's, he, he said to Ezekiel that this is a reflection of what the church is like. This is what my people, this is what it looks like when I, to me when I look at my people. That they are just separated and, 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 and distant and non-connected. And so God said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And, and, and Ezekiel said to God, God, you know, you know. And, and the, the question I pose to you is, can the church come together? Can the church come together is the question that God would ask us today. And, and you know, when, and, and so Ezekiel says, God, you know. And so God says to Ezekiel, these bones will live if they hear the word of the Lord. They will live if they hear the word of the Lord. That is why we have to preach these things. That is why, and not just the word of the Lord for me or the word of the Lord from John or Benji, but the word of the Lord from you. The church needs to hear this from you. People who aren't doing it this the right way have to hear it from you too. They need to hear the word of the Lord. And the Bible says, I think it's in the 10th verse, Ezekiel 37 and 10. It says that when they heard the word of the Lord, that those dry bones, that they came together and stood up on their feet an exceeding great army. Not an exceeding great nation, not an exceeding great people, but an exceeding great army, which alludes to the fact that there's a battle to fight. There's a battle to fight, which is the real reason, the biggest reason why we need to come together, why we need to go through all this trouble and have a black guy out here, up here that you may or may not like. <laughs> it's, because, it's because there's a battle to fight. And we have to come together, God's people, because there is a battle to fight. And why Lutherans argue with Methodists, there's a battle to fight. And why Baptists refuse to get together with AME, there's a battle to fight. And why non-denominational, uh, you know, we, we look at people with other denominations always criticizing the church down the street. And while we're doing that, we're talking, it's, it's crazy. I've heard so many church people talk about, oh, the church down the street, oh, they're so ridiculous. They're, they're so stupid. Uh, you know, they do this. They just they got it all wrong. And the crazy thing is, while we're talking about each other on the same team, the devil's laughing because he knows that there is a battle to fight. And as long as we're criticizing each other and won't get on the same page, then, then he's winning. And while we're arguing in here, souls are lost out there. While, we, while, while we're uh, having differences about what song to play and what kind of music to do and what instruments to use so that you're happy, while we're doing that, there's people out there who don't know the Christ I love. And there's a battle to fight. And so I say to God's people, let's get together and fight this battle. Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities 
and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And it's like, well, duh, Paul. But it, what he's really saying is, we're not the enemy. The enemy is the, the one you can't see. There's a devil you can't see, and he's whooping our butt. So let's come together for the glory of God. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for all of your many blessings. Uh, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. God, we ask that you would help us to come together for your glory. Um, despite the fact that it may inconvenience us, it brings glory and uh, is pleasing to you. So we're going to do it for that reason. So God, help us to come together and fight this battle for your glory. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.